the name of God, Creator, Redeemer, and Giver of all life. Amen. Please be seated. I've been uh, doing a lot of thinking and reading this week about the word fulfill. What does it take to fulfill? What does it mean when Jesus says that he is to fulfill the law? And also, as we consider Waitan, what was hoped for, what was promised, fulfill is an important concept for us to consider. Bishop Kito, the Bishop of Tifaitokoro, said this in an article that stuck this week. It is important to remember that our Anglican history connects with the Treaty of Waitangi. Therefore, it brings about a certain duty that the Anglican Church must put its hand up and be part of any commemoration or celebration and also be made accountable to. So let's look at that word fulfilled. Our Gospel reading today comes near the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Our passage begins in chapter 5 verse 13, and it marks the transition between the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, that was our gospel reading last week, and the body of the Sermon, which is to come, in which Jesus speaks about what the Christian life entails. He'll teach about the ethical aspects of the Old and the New Testament, of the Old Testament law. He'll teach about the about piety and prayer. He'll teach about the proper attitude toward money. And he'll teach about the importance of trusting trusting in God and daily life. And he will teach about the nature of true obedience. But in today's reading, Jesus is preparing the disciples for this coming instruction by using the metaphors of salt and light to describe the nature of faithful and obedient disciples. And then he goes on to explain his role in fulfilling the laws and the commandments. And he finishes by reminding his disciples that their righteousness must exceed even that of the scribes and Pharisees. Verses 17 to 20 introduce that first major section of Jesus' teaching on the law. And in it, Jesus emphasizes that he has not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. What does it mean for Jesus to fulfill the law? How does Jesus fulfill the law? Well, there is a massive amount of scholarly work that explores how Jesus fulfills the law. But if you look at the dictionary, it will tell you that fulfill is a verb. And it's about making things happen, or to do something that is expected, or hoped for, or promised, or to cause something to happen. The thesaurus would expand your understanding of fulfill with synonyms like achieve, accomplish, satisfy, realize, hear out, sorry, bear out, live up to, bring about, or conform to. All these are aspects of the word fulfill. And if you dive into the exegesis of Jesus' fulfillment of the law, which is chapter 5 of Matthew, 
verse 17, you'll find that the exegesis will reflect every one of those attributes of fulfilled we see in the dictionary and the source. But there seems to be in the scholarly work five streams of emphasis on how Jesus fulfills the law. And I say emphasis because all those attributes that I just reeled off, they all play out in Jesus' fulfillment of the law. But the predominant um, attributes that scholars see of how Jesus fulfills the law, or how the word fulfill applies to Jesus' fulfillment of the law, are characterized in the following ways. When they talk about how Jesus fulfills, fulfills the law, they use fulfill in these ways. The first is they use the word fulfill as an uphold, which means Jesus confirms and upholds the law by his life and presence. They use the word fulfill as in obedience, compliance. This refers more to sort of Jesus' deeds, I think, than his teaching. Jesus fulfills the demands of the law and the prophets through his obedience to them. This is Jesus keeps the law perfectly. They use the word fulfill sometimes as that it's fulfilled as in realized. And by that they're saying that you know, Jesus brings out the true meaning of the law through his interpretation of it, in teaching, and in his actions. Then they use the word fulfill sometimes as fulfill as in realizing of what was anticipated. So we know that, you know, we often you have heard things about how Jesus fulfills a whole bunch of um, the Hebrew scriptures anticipations right? So he fulfills them. But the one I want to focus on most today, the one that catched me as I was wandering through all this stuff, was Jesus is also seen to fulfill the law by transcending it. Fulfill can also mean, it's also used in the sense of transcending. Immediately following our reading today, still in chapter 5, so we got to chapter, we got to verse 20, from 21 to the end, and well into 6, chapter 6, there are the, a block of scripture known as the um, antithesis. And these are six contrasts that build upon Jesus' exhortation to the disciples that their righteousness has got to exceed, it's got to be more than, it's got to step further than that the scribes and the Pharisees. The law in this teaching is not abolished, it's transcended. Jesus' teaching transcends the common understanding. They all begin with things like, you have heard it said, and he states the common understanding of whatever that law is, and then offers a more comprehensive illustration of what the nature of righteousness needs to be. And he begins those by saying, what I say to you. So the first one is, he goes like this, in verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. Everyone agrees. Then Jesus says, but I say to you, if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable for judgment. Well, hang on, we went from murder. It's been put out by your brother and sister, so I murdered my lots of clothes. <laughs> um, 
insult your brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. If you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. And he goes on to talk about the need of reconciliation and how you can't come to the altar without being reconciled to those around you. It's a good example of this. Five more to follow. Feel free to dive into chapter five. These show that Jesus' teaching offers intensification rather than application. He's pitching more, he's not taking away. And just as Jesus' fulfillment of the law transcends or extends the expectation of what it is to comply to God's law, so too what it is to be, what is necessary to be to fulfill the requirements of a disciple or a follower. That is likewise extended. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you never into the kingdom of heaven. And we know in the context of that, the people that fussed about keeping the law, and yes, they did it in a very pedantic way, but they were trying to be faithful. The priority in their lives is trying to be faithful to the law of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus is saying, but he uses that imagery of um, salt and light to set an expectation. The disciples are the salt of the earth. But if salt's not salty, it's insipid, it's useless, and you throw it away. So being salt's not enough, you're the salty salt. Right? He uses the image of light. You are the light of the world. But you don't hide a light under the bushel basket. You put it on the lampstand so that it gives light for everyone. So you can be light. But you can be a light that no one sees. It's not enough. Now, a challenge is cheap. As now and always has been, how to be light myself. How to make men manifest through our lives. Righteousness 
that exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees necessarily impact others. And it will call us to be light and salt for others in different ways than those we have become accustomed to. As I said, pondering on fulfilling, specifically fulfillment that transcends and extends expectation of what it is to comply to me beyond church, beyond the exegesis of Matthew this week and the 20th this weekend. I read an article and stuff, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, this week entitled, Why is the Anglican Faith the Dominant Religion in Waitangi? It's an interview with Bishop Kito, a bishop of Tifatokoro, who's been organising those the services on the Waitangi Day for over 20 years. And the article begins with these words, if you attend a Waitangi Day service, you'll get a strong Anglican influence from the readings to the hymns. And in this article, Bishop Kito goes on, to explain the historic involvement of the Anglican Church at Whiting and going back to the work of Henry Williams. And in that article, Bishop Peter says this, I believe that the Church saw in the Declaration and the Treaty hope for the land, for its people, hope for the nations. But years on from the signing, that hope is not a reality. And then he asked this question. Why is it that Māori are impoverished, live in poverty in terms of health, education, housing and employment? Those are actually true issues. None of the signatories, including my Antikuna, envisaged that their descendants would live and be impoverished. And he finished uh, in this article by saying this. I believe that the Anglican Church also has a duty as much as a privilege to be present at Waitangi Day because of the values and the declarations made in the treaty. Tomorrow, on our Memorial Day, when we remember the covenant signed in 1840, we are confronted with just such a moment where what has always been understood or always seen as the best or appropriate needs to be transcended. We have not fulfilled the promise of the covenant signed in 1840. We have been complicit in our participation in the status quo that continues to disproportionately severely disadvantage our children. Jesus begins his transcendent teaching on the Lord in the verse immediately following our reading today with, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, which he affirms. But then he goes on to call them out to do more. So it is with us on this Waitangi day. Fulfill as a verb means make it happen. means to do something that is expected, that is hoped for or promised. Fulfill is to cause it to happen. And much, much more is required to fulfill what was hoped for in 1840 
than what we are doing and what we have done. Jesus said, You are the light of the world, and a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand and gives it to light all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory 